All right, let's get into some of the things right now that I wanted to talk about when it comes to the University of Miami against the Florida Gators. I know there's been a lot of chatter uh, with Susan Miller in the Miami Herald, and, and I guess for that matter, throughout the rest of the college football throughout the country, because yes, it was the only game on last weekend. Dan Enos. Again, this is something that I talked about last week on the podcast. You thought I was playing. Dan Enos, no bullshit, might be one of the biggest assholes you could find when it comes to the way he breaks down players. But again, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Dan Enos is exactly what this university needs right now. You know his pedigree. Nick Saban, Heisman Trophy candidates, Tua, best player in college football. Like, come on, man. The guy's got some credibility. If he's telling you that Jaron Williams has eye violations, who missed routes, who missed completions, who missed calls, hell yeah, he did, man. I don't know what kind of soothing kind of conversation you're looking to come out of our offensive coordinator when he's standing up on a podium post-game talking to you about his quarterback, the quarterback that they just had to make a decision on. People are saying, you know, maybe Tate Martell should have been the decision. Are you, are you out of your mind? There's a reason why Tate Martell only got 15, 16 plays in that game and half of them were at wide receiver. Tate Martell is not ready to play quarterback for the University of Miami, plain and simple. Did Jaron Williams do a lot of good things? Yes, he did. Of course, Jaron Williams did a lot of good things. He threw the ball well. He was relatively accurate. He kind of, kind of commanded the huddle. And what I mean by kind of is getting the guys in the huddle squared up, ready to listen to his play call as part of that job. Second part of that job is getting your offensive line and wide receivers to the line of scrimmage where they need to set up and doing it in a timely fashion. You need to be a little bit of an asshole when you're a quarterback. I know everybody wants to be friends and honky-dory, but when it comes to doing things right and getting things done, that is when the asshole comes out. And you want to talk about Dan Enos being the asshole. His quarterback needs to be a little bit of an asshole too. Unfortunately, this is the situation. You got to get your wide receivers, your tight ends to the line of scrimmage, get them lined up. Half of this problem is, is, is the personnel that's getting sent in as well. You got to get your personnel ready on the sidelines. No dicking around, running around, can't find your helmet. Oh, where's my tight end that I need to send in in this package? Oh, it's Jumbo. Where's my other tight end that we need to send in? Oh, he's over there in the corner talking to the backup tailback. Come on, man. Your guy's got to be ready to go. Part of that is coaching. Part of that is discipline. Part of that is stop jerking around on the sidelines because you're in a game right now. Don't worry about looking at people in the stands and finding out which chick you could find that's hot. Please, man. When you want to talk about frustrations, don't take it out on Dan Enos. It ain't Dan Enos' fault. The leaders of this team, Corey Gaynor, DJ Dallas. My God, DJ Dallas, I loved you, bro. I loved you all day Saturday. The way that they used you out of the backfield, the way that they used you throughout the game was awesome. You were fantastic. You responded every single time your name and number were called. Well done. Kudos to you, DJ Dallas. And that's why you might be my player of the game, man. For real. DJ, you were so mature. You did everything you said you were going to do. And you did it even keel. Like there was no... There was no roller coaster ride when it comes to the emotion, the way that you played. You were just, you were great, man. You were steady, Eddie. I love the way that you ran the football. 
uh, interviewing you earlier on for XM was like, you didn't care how to get the, the ball across the white line as long as you got the ball across the white line. Um, and, and I really, really liked watching you play that night. Uh, Jeff Thomas. Here's the thing about Jeff Thomas. Jeff Thomas is part of the era that, uh, that, that, that you, you really don't know what the situation is in that wide receiving room. You don't know if it's all about me. You don't know if it's the team. You don't know if it's disgruntled, sensitive employees. You don't know if the coach don't like me. You don't know if he's picking on me. It just, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of not, uh, not registered when it comes to Jeff Thomas and what he's got going on. I've heard a few different things about him. Uh, I, I don't want to jump to any conclusions. Uh, a lot of it might be hearsay, but uh, but until I know Jeff Thomas and the type of person that he is, I, I really can't make an educated decision on the way I'm going to feel about him. Did he make some big plays? Yes. Did he take some chances? And I think probably if you were to ask me, my guess is it was just him trying to make too much happen, to be perfectly honest. Like, you got a lot of playmakers in this league and in, in this sport that that sometimes take shots and try to make things happen. And I think that might have been part of the problem was he was just trying to do too much and trying to spark too much uh, during that game that he ended up taking a few different chances that didn't go his way. Some of the greats you'll see. They do take chances. Sometimes they fall on their face, and half the time you see them on uh, on ESPN on Sunday. So uh, I'm not really mad at him taking the shot. I'm sure there was some technical stuff and what he's been coached to do, uh, but I don't know, to be perfectly honest, if the special teams coach told him to fair catch it or if he was told to go ahead and make something happen. So until I know that, I really can't give you an educated opinion on what Jeff Thomas did in that game and in that instance with the, with the muffed punt situation. Offensive line. Here's my situation with the offensive line, okay? You're starting a true freshman left tackle who came in at 245 pounds, who was recruited and had a scholarship to the School of the Blind, Orchard Lake Mary, School of the Blind Sister Brotherhood, um, that the University of Miami ultimately came and brought him down here, okay? So 240 pounds, creeps up to 290 pounds, is learning the game, is learning a new offense. I, I'm, I'm kind of at a standstill. I, I knew that this was going to happen, to be perfectly honest. It was just one of those things where how is Zion going to respond in a big game like this on national television? Is he going to let the game take over for him? And at certain instances, he did. Unfortunately, he did. He was laid off the football, snap count. That's one of the things where I thought that that if any, Jaron probably could have could have done help with the offense, could have gave his offensive line a little bit of help was possibly with the snap count. Maybe mixing it up a little bit, but maybe in practice that week they were trying to mix it up a little bit and make the Florida Gators jump or the scout team that they were going against. And the offensive linemen were jumping as well. You know, it's one of those things where it, it's – it's, it's a process of diminishing returns. Do you want to complicate things too much? Do you want to have different snap counts? Is it going to catch your guys? Is it going to catch their guys? So obviously Zion Nelson got got. That's basically what it was. He got overwhelmed a little bit. He was laid off the ball and then it became into panic mode. You heard Orlando Pace talking about it. Just trusting technique, trusting what you've been taught, trusting to rely on the little things going back to camp. That, that you were taught and instructed to do from the beginning. 
Don't panic. Don't turn your hips and just all of a sudden sprint and scream because you were laid off the football. And that's what happened. A lot of the times he was laid off the football, didn't get the snap count down. I imagine that's one of the things that I'm telling you is a correctable mistake. Not an issue. Big time problem, but not an issue going forward. Those are things that you can correct. You get your snap count down, you trust your technique, and I think he's a whole different player and looks like a whole different player following that game. Our other tackle, Camp. Did he struggle? Yes, he did. Both of our tackles ended up struggling. The guys inside, to be perfectly honest, after watching what Navon Donaldson did all camp long, I was nervous about I was more nervous about Navon playing, to be perfectly honest, than everybody else. Navon didn't have an awesome camp. He comes in, all of a sudden he's got an attitude. He doesn't give up any pressures, doesn't give up sacks. He's playing tough. He's physical. He's finishing. He's playing to the whistle. Those are the things that I really didn't see during camp. So hats off to Navon. I don't know if that's Corey and DJ Scaith getting on him, maybe having a private conversation. But the three guys inside, for the most part, I thought handled their business. I thought they were physical. I thought they established the line of scrimmage. And what I mean by that is basically where the ball snapped, not giving up too much ground, developing that pocket for Jaron to go ahead and set back and having a decent enough distance. The rush a lot came from from the outside, and on top of that, maybe a delayed blitz. Once they realize that the linebacker is looking at the quarterback and sees that his tailback or fullback is going to stay in and pressure, um, that's the, one of the situations that, that it's one of those like spy kind of things that a defensive coordinator will have on your offense. Um, the delayed blitzes, the delayed rushing, that's where your eye violations come in where you're going to get an offensive lineman, see his linebacker not rushing the football, so he's going to go turn and help out and double team. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's one of those other things where it's like, you know what, the quarterback should have thrown the football, to be perfectly honest with you. There was times that he wanted to hold on to the ball, then he ended up getting sacked and trying to make too many things happen. He went through a lot of progressions. I know at a young quarterback in a big-time game, you want to eliminate the possibility of making a mistake. Look, he didn't have a turnover, man. Like, Let's be honest. He was 19 for 29, 214 yards. He had a touchdown, no turnovers. That's one of the things going into this game Manny Diaz was stressing was don't give the game away. They need to change the snap count. They need to do a couple other different things. If they're going to be going against North Carolina, they need to figure out a couple more solutions. And yes, of course, Zion needs to be on time. Zion needs to know the snap count. He needs to communicate. And one of the biggest things that I'm more concerned about, to be perfectly honest with Zion, is I hope he doesn't go into a shell. One of the biggest problems we had as a team was an offensive lineman going into a shell during a big game. I'm not naming names. I'm not telling you an instance or a game in particular. But let's just say it was a very, 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 very important football game and one of our offensive linemen just went into a shell, just ultimately was shell-shocked, wouldn't communicate with us on the sideline, wouldn't answer our questions, wouldn't, wouldn't respond to coaching or adjustments, and he just ultimately shut down. So what part of Corey Gaynor, DJ Scaith, and Devon Donaldson's job is going to be moving forward is picking up Zion and letting him know that the world did not just ignite on fire you just had a couple bad plays. Calm down, relax, trust your technique. Let's get the snap count down and play ball. 
If they do that, Zion, I'm telling you, I'm still standing on this table and telling you that Zion Nelson is going to be a force to reckon with at this school. He's going to leave early as a junior. He just needs to take his bumps and bruises. And unfortunately, he took him on the first game of the year, the first time he's ever put helmet and shoulder pads on on a college football game. Yes, he's young, but he's going to be learning very, very quickly. So the Zion Nelson offensive line situation, I think it's going to handle itself, to be perfectly honest. I think they got the right guys in the right spots right now. I wouldn't change up the lineup whatsoever. I would just need the leaders of that offensive line to take on and assume a little bit more of a responsibility on getting their guys on the edges right. Quarterback, eye violations, things that could be corrected. Again, guys, don't lose sight of what we're trying to accomplish here at the University of Miami. We have a quarterback. We finally have offensive coordinators. We have offensive linemen. We have running backs in a pretty talented wide receiver room. It's there. It's just a matter of execution. The message is there. Trust me, I've heard it. It's been delivered. It's just a matter of the guys not going into a shell, shitting the bed and making this year a lot longer than it needs to be. They need to go ahead and sulk for 24 hours and pout and moan and bitch and complain and then come back with a vengeance and answer the bell. Practice needs to be perfect. And again, a little more onus on Jaron Williams getting his guys in the huddle and out of the huddle and getting to the line of scrimmage and executing. If everybody takes responsibility on playing mistake-free football, this offense is going to look a total different offense come University of North Carolina game. I don't know. I just mumbled a little bit. I apologize for that. Against North Carolina time. What the fuck? This is going to look like a total different team going against the North Carolina Tar Heels, the ones that ended up taking the U and putting it down on their crotch. Payback, man. Payback time. Shout out, Out the Huddle podcast, and guess who just walked in the damn door? The greatest wide receiver to bless the Miami Hurricanes since Andre Johnson. Wellington Heights own Amon Richards. Yeah, man, we got Amon Richards here, former University of Miami baller. Uh, Only reason why I say baller is because when you break Michael Irvin's freshman receiving record, that deserves baller. So I, I want to get into all kinds of things. So I want to I want to go. Obviously, we're going to talk about the game against the Florida Gators over the weekend. I imagine you were watching that, um, cheering from afar. But but I want to get into you. I want to get into your story a little bit more in particular because uh, it's one of those that I'm not too aware of, to be perfectly honest. So this might be a little greedy on my part, but I just want to know. I want to know emotionally. I, if you want to cry, you could cry too. I'm gonna let you. Put, I'm gonna put it out there. If you want to cry, you could cry too. Because reading about your story and everybody thinking that their life sucks because they might not be able to go to a game or watch a game, I think your situation is a whole different animal. And I I really do believe that it's perfect timing because we're dealing with Andrew Luck retiring from the Colts. Um, his decision is ultimately voluntarily made. Uh, yours is not so much. So. I, uh, I want to get into that. So first off, Amon Richards, the best wide receiver that I think we've had come out of the University of Miami probably since my era. And to be perfectly honest, I'm looking at a lot of your numbers. I watched a lot of the highlights. People were high on Jeff Thomas last year coming out of that LSU game. But compared to you and compared to some of the stuff that I saw that Cager was doing and, and even Hightower for that matter, it was 
this wide receiving court for the University of Miami looked like it was going to be one of those that I played with, the Reggie Waynes, the Santana Mosses, Andre Johnson, Andre King, you name it, it was stacked. So, so let's go through you, first of all, coming out of West Palm Beach, mm-hmm. making the decision to come to the University of Miami in February, and then ultimately enrolling in May, and then just blowing the hell up when you got on the scene. Tell me about it, man. Um, okay, so obviously, yeah, I'm from West Palm Beach. and I First mean, of all, is, is it boring growing up in West Palm Beach or is it um, all right? Not really. Because I, mean, I, th- I thought about moving it, to West Palm Beach, yeah, to tell it, you the truth. It's more like a, it's more like a retirement like kind of feel. Chill. Yeah. But Old school white people. Yeah. Is there many brothers in Palm Beach? Yeah. There is. There's a lot. There's, see, really? There's like, there's like this like Pockets. Am I, I'm just looking in the wrong neighborhoods, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, it's there's like a couple neighborhoods where it's like more low income homes, uh-huh. and it's like closer to the school itself. Is Wellington primarily? It's primarily black like, school, or no? No, no, it's primarily like white, but a lot of they created like a Section Eight area in like Wellington, like right by the campus Got it. of the school. So there's like a lot of like black families coming from like. Belglade and Pahokee. Oh, so you got some Pahokee yeah, and so Belglade yeah, guys? Yeah, a lot of, like, a lot of... Ooh, <laughs> talented, bro, talented. You know, so so I, I would say it kind of balances out a little bit. You know, it's not like a just all-white school. You know, there's a lot of, like, minorities that go to the school also. Cool. Um, and then who are some of the guys that you think that you probably played with in high school that, that are either playing at the collegiate level or were you just, like, a one-stop shop guy? Like, they just came to see you on, on scouting days. Yeah, um... It was like mostly me, like I mean, lone other, soldier, the, huh? The next kid went to. He was actually a good receiver. He went to Valparaiso. Excuse me, what was it called? Val, Valparaiso. Is that is that it's a legit like school Indiana. or? It's like a, it's like a. I don't it's. Know. A, I'm gonna get a free education. I'm yeah. gonna go play some football. Yeah. Cool, cool. And then how did you do grade wise? By the way, I did good. I graduated like a three point something. Oh, so you were cool. You were straight. Yeah, yeah, you know, was, uh, academics never, was never an issue yeah, with yeah, you. You handled your business. Uh, my dad don't play those kind of games. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. You got structure. That's awesome. I know. I know. I was talking to KJ Osborne, and and, and that transfer out of Pitt. He, same thing, man. Like he he's he's graduated, obviously already. He's got a head on his shoulders. He's mature. He's exactly what that room needed. Exactly. I don't know how familiar you are with with Jeff Thomas and what the situation there is with him, mm-hmm. but I imagine he might be one of your boys, one of your buddies. Um, is is he? We saw spurts of him on Saturday night against the Gators. We saw a couple big things happen for him, but we also saw a couple catastrophic things happen mm-hmm. for him. What kind of player, in your mind, do you think Jeff Thomas is? Uh, he's a game changer. I mean, everyone, that talent. Yeah, everyone knows it. You know, when he touches the ball, it, like anything can happen. You know, and it's like you hold your breath for like that. Even offense, defense, you like everyone just stops as soon as he touches because you like this could be the play. So he, he is. He is the game changer. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And then would they ever put him on a punt return, or is he just not about that business? Um, I mean, he is. I think he's he's a playmaker all around. You know, I think obviously from the game, I mean, he made a mistake, you know, but yeah. I think that came from him wanting to just make that play, you know. I mean, just trying to I do too like much. He could have, you know, he could have caught a fair catch, but I feel like he wanted to take that chance and make something happen, you know. And but you know, yeah, I, I get you, man. A lot, a lot of people, some people are afraid to take those chances, you yeah. know. And I think that's what will separate, you know, a good guy from a great guy. Mm-hmm. So I. I, I'm glad I heard that coming out of your mouth. So I know I just I wanted to venture off a little mm-hmm. bit and find out what the hell happened with Jeff Thomas. But <laughs> but now I want to get back into you. Obviously, um, you had the most of any player in his first year in college reception wise, the most in the country, to be perfectly uh, frank. 
Um, you were nine and four in your freshman season. You had 49 catches for 934 yards, which looking at a guy like Jeff Thomas, this is what I said in the last podcast. Jeff Thomas never had a lot of receiving yards last year. Like we we're starving for him to have a big, if he would have had the same trajectory after the LSU game and just catapulted throughout yeah. the season, that would have been a different game. Like yeah. I, I think our team would have been a different team, yeah. but, but Jeff kind of puttered out throughout the season and 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 you having almost a grand when it came to receiving yards, that's that's insane. That's how you broke Michael Irvin's freshman record. That's that's how you got the most out of any first year player in the country. So you had a bang in freshman season. Like what what tell me about the way that you felt coming to school, coming on campus. You automatically became the big man on campus mm-hmm. having that season that you were having. Um, I mean I mean, just God, man, to be honest. Like, when I first got there, it's crazy because in the summer when I got there, it was like I had, like, turf toe or whatever. Oh, so you were getting plagued by some nagging yeah, stuff so immediately. Yeah, I, I had turf toe, like, literally when I first got there. Like, I, we were playing. It was, like, during, like, a practice. And Mike Jack fell on the back of my ankle. My toe, like, just bent the wrong way. So and turf toe turf sucks, toe. man. Like, it's one of those things where you just rather break the damn thing yeah. than have turf toe. Yeah, yeah, so then it's, like, camp. And then next thing you know, like my was it still was it still nagging you by camp? Yeah, yeah. So then my grandfather passed at the same time. So I'm like, like what else could go wrong? Right. You know? But I'm like, I just kept my head on. I'm just like, something good's gonna come out of it. Like I don't know what. Like, but there's no way this is just gonna like. I'm just gonna. Yeah, but as an as, as an 18 year old kid, who were you who were you talking to that would keep you that positive? Like, who was the person that you would go to all the time and talk to? Um, Other some, than God, sometimes my dad. But I, like, I'm just like I'm the kind of person I rather. Like trying to deal with things myself. Oh, you're an introvert. You don't yeah, want to go like, ahead and talk I don't to really about like that. talking to people about like you know what I'm saying like like I don't like I want to go to like a psychiatrist. You know what? I, I like that, bro. Like that, I like that know? because excuses are like assholes. Everybody mm-hmm. has one and they stink. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're the one. It sounds like to me you're the type of person that you don't want to go ahead and cry about shit. You yeah. don't want to make excuses for yourself. Yeah. You want to just go ahead and handle your own business. Exactly. Cool. So pretty much all that happened, and then like I just like I was just in my dorm, and I was just like. I'm Single like, dorm or double dorm? Did you have a roommate? Dorm. Travis Travis Homer was my roommate. Oh, Homer was your roommate. Okay. Yeah. But I was just in my dorm. It was like late night. I'll never forget. I was just thinking in my head. I'm like, like I'm gonna like I'm gonna make everyone remember me this season. Like, like I'm is, is that this the turning point that you had? Yeah. Like I was just like, like it just clicked. Like I was like, you said F it. Like yeah. Like I'm like I had turf toe. Like I started practicing. Like even though I was already practicing, but like it was like it made it like go away almost. You know, like you I shut it out. Like, yeah, you, I just, you compartmentalize yeah, the pain. I, I couldn't and you said, run. Forget it. I couldn't run for like the longest. Like I was literally like it's on film. Like I was leaving. Like it looked like I was shot in the foot. Like I was like hobbling around. Right. And then like two weeks later, like I was like running routes. You know, it hurt, but like I was just like mentally. And then next thing you know, I ended up playing the first game, and then it's just like I went from there. You know. So yeah. out of that nine and four season, what was what was the game that you felt like? Oh shit! I. I'm here. Like I'm, I made it. Pit. The pit game. Yeah. Not even the the App State game. App State had like 140 something. But right. Like I still didn't feel like that was because you were going against some busters or what? Not just that, but like I just felt like, um, like I don't know. I just I just put a lot of pressure on myself to like be be better. You know. So I was just like that game. I was just like I'm not gonna be like this. Is not gonna be like the one hurrah. Was it was that up there or was it down here? Yeah, it was at App State. But I was like this is not gonna be like the only game you know i'm a like next time we play home like i'm gonna try and go crazy <laughs> and did you yeah. have fam and everybody here for it or no yeah the pit game like, yeah my parents always drive down and stuff so 
Even uh, the games I didn't play. What about like like any? Because I know there's massive rivalry throughout the state, Florida mm-hmm. and Florida State and stuff like that. But did you have any high school boys that came in and and watched you play? And does that mm-hmm. does that give you more of an incentive to ball out? Like like a lot of people always talk about the. You know, I got I got a guy across the field right now that I played high school with that I want to show out mm-hmm. and, and do really well against. Yeah. Um, does that happen with with you as a um, player? Does that motivate you to be a better player on the not, field? Not really, honestly. Like, actually, I had my worst game. Well, like, well, my boys. No man, my worst, we're all my we're all getting game. older at a certain. You're young <laughs> still, so you could crack it still, no problem. Yeah, I had my worst <laughs> game against Syracuse, and it was actually like when my older brother, like my cousins, came. Like, oh, so you shit like, the bed in front of the family? Yeah, you know, because like I was trying to just do too much. You know, I, I was just, I was yeah. like out of my like what I naturally do. I was just trying to, you know. That's crazy, man. That's kind crazy. Of weird like that, you know. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. So fast forward one season, your sophomore year, you're kind of getting dinged up a little bit. You're getting plagued with injuries. What are some of the injuries that you ended up getting your sophomore season? Okay, so that you couldn't overcome. Like I tore my hamstring. So like no shit. So I mean, I really couldn't run. Right. I was running. You stood. You had the tensor rat going on and everything. They yeah, wrapped like, it up. They like pretty much like had like some black tape. If you watch it like Florida State game, you'll see the back of my leg. And dude, I had like a black tape pretty much like trying to like compress it together, and like. So it was it was it a any kind of degree on the tear? Was it near the bone? Was it up near your ass cheek um, or back by your knee or was it right in the middle or where was it, it was, at? It was like kind of like right in the middle. Got it. It was like a tear like right in the middle. And at a wide receiver position, you you can't I mean, run. Like exactly. you, there's nothing you can do it's about it. Like what? Based on like my game is like being like elusive, quick, you know, stuff like that. So the stop and go, like the so stop and start really stuff, couldn't go. Run. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't do what I do, you know. And then I had like a high ankle sprain. Those are the worst, bro. You know? <laughs> but the, like I'm telling you, when I, I was I was starting for the Rams, and uh, and uh, I think it was my was my second year, my first year, and. Holy smokes, bro. Like, that thing kept me out three weeks. Like, it's, it's the worst freaking yeah. injury. And then I came back too early, and then I got it smoked against the, the Seahawks, yeah. and that thing opened right back up again. It wasn't healing properly. Like, they say it's better to snap your ankle, mm-hmm. flip it around, yeah. have it face the other way, than go through a high ankle sprain. Yeah, it sucks, man. I mean, because you, like, you can't be explosive, you know? And right. You're going to get someone who's grabbing you, holding you all game. So it's like, it makes it even harder. Well, that, that's, what, that's what I have a hard time with letting, especially the fans, understand is, they hear ankle sprain or they hear high ankle. A lot of people don't really know what that is. Yeah. So I try to explain it to them where it's not like you just rolled your ankle over like you're playing basketball yeah. and your foot kind of your ankle rolls outside of your foot. A high ankle sprain is when you take your foot and spin it outward. And what happens is the two bones, your tibia and your fibia, those two bones that go to your ankle, ultimately split open. And your and your ankle comes out of socket and pulls itself. So all that fiber between those two bones of muscle and of tissue, that just rips all the way up. And, and when they talk about the degree of a high ankle sprain, that determines how high you rip up that meat and, and, and that muscle and that fiber. So these high ankle sprains are the worst freaking epidemic, yeah. I'm telling you. As a fat offensive lineman where, you know, I'm not needing to be elusive, mm-hmm. them jokers hurt, bro. Yeah. Especially when you got another 300-pounder pushing on you. Those are, those are not to be messed with. So you got the, the hamstring ripped. The high ankle. Yeah. Um, I didn't have like like contusions in my ribs, all kind of stuff. You know? Were you getting peppered quite a bit or what? How, look, first of all, how was your sophomore year? Mm-hmm. How was how was the room? Because clearly talented. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the, the, the emotions in the room? Um a lot of mistakes, but it was Who was your wide receiver coach at that time? It was Dugans. Dugans, Dugans, okay, yeah. got it. It was, I'll say, a lot of, like, mistakes and a lot of, like, people just not mentally, like, in it. 
but it was covered up because we're winning games. You know, I mean, we're so, so it was a lot of mental errors. Yeah, like it was a lot of things we're doing wrong, but like we're winning. So it was like, what about what about technique wise? Like, was he a good technical coach? Yeah, he was a good technical mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, he can he can definitely teach you some releases and how to get off. But it's it ultimately comes down like, are you going to execute it? You know, right? And that's kind of where frustration came in. You know, with different players and stuff. So I I know you don't want to call anybody out because I imagine probably a couple of them are still on this team, but who do you think watching Saturday night, who do you think like, man, I'm expecting a lot more out of that guy Mm -hmm. or I'm expecting him to be a leader because I'm over there all the time. I've been at practice all the time. I didn't see anybody leading that team other than DJ Dallas Mm -hmm. Yeah. The new guy, K.J. Osborne, which yeah. is a shame that a transfer has to come in and be our leader. Exactly. And Corey Gaynor, a, a redshirt... Mm-hmm. So- I love Corey. Trust me. Corey's my guy. I love Corey. Bad dude. Wants to fight everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but but you can't have... You can't have those three as your leaders when you have so many other positions on that team that, mm-hmm. that need to be vocal or, or lead by example, for mm-hmm. that matter. So watching Saturday night... Who were you let down by? I guess you could say, and and who were you? Who are you expecting more from moving forward? Um, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't say let down because I mean I wasn't. Well, because you, know, you can I, know they can do better. I, yeah, I wasn't there, but I feel like I feel like Jeff. There's so much like potential, you know, and like he obviously he has like all the recognition right now, right. and it's like I feel like he's only at, like fifty percent of what he can do, you know, like as far as being a leader, like off the field. Yeah, because like, this is a lot of shit that like the stuff mm-hmm. that you're saying right now is so important for like Canes fans to hear about because all they see is Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. that's the only thing in the odd Thursday night game. Like that's mm-hmm. that's all Canes fans see right now. They don't know about practice. They don't know about you know locker room stuff. They don't know about meeting room stuff. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're telling them right now mm-hmm. is so important that they understand that 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 what type of player Jeff Thomas is. I know they can see what type he can be. But if you're yeah. telling me that you're expecting a lot more out of him, mm-hmm. then that's a that's very very promising, especially yeah. after a Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, because if you you should all the all the great teams, like if you look at like Miami history, are player led teams, right? You know, like where coaches don't have to hold you accountable. You know, where your teammate's gonna call you out. You know, you he may even swing on you. You know, right? That's just. That's just what brings out the best in do, everyone. Do guys know? get their ass whooped in the locker room anymore or no? Um, you know, I'm not gonna really say anything on that. <laughs> you can you can say people get their ass whooped. I'll, I flat out um, rat out everybody it, who got it, their ass whooped. It's not as I, I would say our team is more of a more of a brotherhood. Right. So I, I would say we're more like we have more like real relationships. So it's not really well that it, here, it happen, let, it don't happen often. You let know? me explain. So we're we were the type of team that you would get your ass whooped. Mm-hmm. But we're all going out at night drinking together. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's 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 no hard feelings. Like mm-hmm. this ain't a this ain't a personal thing. This is like yeah. strictly business, my man. Like mm-hmm. you're holding us back, mm-hmm. then you're gonna get your ass whooped. You yeah. better keep up or bounce. Like yeah. that's the way we looked at it. And then you know what? After you took your ass whooping, or after you went out there and finished whatever you needed to finish, it was cool. Mm-hmm. We were we mm-hmm. were cool just as long as you handled your business. Because mm-hmm. and and you you touched on the accountability thing. It's yeah. like. There's no other way, and, and this is this is what blows my mind is, is there was an article that came out in the Miami Herald this week by by uh, Susan Miller, mm-hmm. and she's highlighting how harsh, and I'm sure you've seen it, how harsh Coach Enos was mm-hmm. on Jaron Williams yeah. in the way that he played. Mm-hmm. To the layman's person's eye, to the regular fan's eye, 
everybody was stoked about Jaron. Maybe that's because we've been kind of suffering a little bit from quarterback play and, and, and hasn't been the best in the world. Yeah. But but for a guy that's been coaching Heisman Trophy candidates, who's been at a program who's done nothing but winning, who has made some redonkulous games in terms of uh, – 70 play games, 75 play games, and just 50 game points. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 50 point games. Yeah. Um, Dan Enos, I think, has a lot of credit, and, and he's got the right to stand up at that podium and mm -hmm. to pick apart whatever, regardless of how old he is, how young he is, mm -hmm. Jaron Williams. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel that the accountability has been lacking so much in this program that guys are so quick to push blame off on other mm -hmm. people, where, where back in the day, it's like, Hold yourself accountable, even regardless if the quarterback wasn't at fault during the play. He should be your leader in the huddle. And that's why I'm saying a center, although he might be a leader of the offensive line, mm -hmm. I get that. But he can't be the leader of your team. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That, that, yeah. And as and as a redshirt sophomore is what's driving me nuts. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I mean, if you look at Alabama, not really want to talk about Alabama, but just look at their team. You know, they all follow one guy. Yep. That's Tua, you know, and – he accepts that role and he, you know, and he goes out and tries to produce every single game, you know, and I feel like Coach Saban holds everyone accountable, you know, good or bad. You know, he's going to you're he's he's going to make sure he get the best out of you, you know, and also I just feel like Coach Diaz, that's kind of like the same vibes I get. You know, on the defensive side. On the defensive side. Yeah, because you were able to see Diaz. Mm -hmm. You yeah, haven't really I, seen I, him yeah, as a head man. I never saw him as a head guy. So, but I can, so what was that? Because I asked I asked Manny about it. Because mm -hmm. I was like, Manny, you were, you must have been chomping at the bit seeing every day in practice offense playing like shit, like yeah. across from you. And yeah. having to hold mm -hmm. every single game. Like The defense was just getting tired of, of holding yeah. this team. So mm -hmm. you seeing Manny Diaz across the yeah. field coaching defense, were mm -hmm. you kind of starving for something like that to happen on the offensive side of the football? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't – I wouldn't say starving for it, but, you know, everyone kind of needs a little change, you know, right. a different kind of energy. Was it getting stale? A little bit, yeah. Because I, I, I love Coach Rick. Because Diaz had – he would come with, like – we just watch the defense, and it seemed like they're having just so much fun. Fun. Every day so in freaking fun. practice. That's the way and, it was you know, every day in practice at camp this year mm -hmm. when I was over there. It mm -hmm. just seemed – I looked at the offense. I was like, do you guys see them across the field? Yeah. Getting it, jumping, dancing, mm -hmm. having fun. I was like, you guys yeah. look dead, man. Yeah. Dead. There's no spirit. You know, and it's it's kind of like the defense, they just fed off the energy Coach Diaz was given, you know, and you, I, and you Bandit, saw, I imagine yeah. Bandit too. Yeah. Bandit probably was badass too. They, they made the a play field. and they all celebrated. And Coach Rick, obviously, he wanted us to kind of mimic the same things. Like, we have a good catch, you know, he wanted us, to, everyone to cheer. He wanted people on the sideline to clap, you know, get excited. But you can't fake it, you know, because we're all following, you know, the head guy, you know, well, who, who was you give us? Did you have, you had Kaya, right? You had Kaya yeah, for a year, freshman year, yeah. And then last year was nothing, and then the year before mm -hmm. that was Malik Malik Rozier. Yeah. Comparing quarterbacks, Brad Kaya, mm -hmm. and obviously he made the decision to bounce because yeah. he could have came back. Yeah. But when I was over there, it was almost like. Nobody was really asking him to stay. I don't know if it was one of those things where they were like, okay, if you want to go, go. Yeah. So um, were they were they getting tired of Brad Kaya? Because to the outside world, uh -huh. Bradley Kaya looked like a good, mm -hmm. quiet, stand-up kind of guy. But yeah. apparently there must be some other side to the story. No, I mean, he is. You know, you see what you get. You know, he's a quiet guy. You know, he's a leader. 
you know, based off what I when I got there. Is he vocal or, or by example? Yeah, like he's gonna tell you like, you know, what you got on this place. He's gonna tell you, you know, get down, like let's go, you know, let's go. So he's the one that's gonna speed up the offense yeah, where you saw up. on Saturday night mm-hmm. a young, you know, freshman quarterback ultimately yeah. is doesn't know how to read the game clock quite well yet. Yeah. So you know, I got it. Okay. So but I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. <laughs> no, man, you're you're good. You were just you were just talking about Kaya and the comparisons yeah. between him and Rogier. Yeah, so Kaya is just like more vocal and just more like your prototypical quarterback, you know, the size, like the arm. Was he a going out kind of guy? Because my quarterback, mm-hmm. Ken Dorsey, mm-hmm. um, never went out, like Brad, ever. He played video games yeah. all night long. Um, yeah, Brad is more like a, like he may, he may show face here and there, but it's not like his. He's a post like, and ghost guy. He yeah, just wants like, to make sure he's around and then he's out. Yeah, he may come around here and there just, to, you know, just to kind of, you know, come out a little bit, may go to a little house party or something right show up for a little bit and just leave you know huh and what about malik um i mean malik is uh somewhat the because i think malik's over at the at the facility now Mm -hmm. i saw him over there i think he he, might be like interning or something he's not like the crazy like partier but you know he has a little more fun than brad i'll say you know um a little bit more of a social butterfly yeah yeah a little bit more social um like to have a little more fun got it kind of guy you know so you go through the amazing freshman year, you jump back into a sophomore year plagued by the injuries, mm-hmm. and you're only ultimately able to get, what, five games in, if I'm not mistaken? Like, pretty much. And yeah. and I imagine those were not exactly awesome. But I saw that. So so let me get into a couple of your numbers here. <laughs> so you were averaging, in your freshman year, you were averaging, if I'm not mistaken, something like 19 yards a catch. Yeah. You're on pace to do, like, amazing, amazing things. And then... Because I know you guys made the announcement after the following year, after the Florida State game, mm-hmm. after yeah. we just won against Florida State. Mm-hmm. But how long before that did you know? Probably, probably toward the middle of camp ish. And that like that's when they camp. told you that this is no, the situation. No, they told me. They told me like. But when did you get all your MRIs right, right, and all that right stuff? Right after the LSU game, because that whole week in practice, like. I knew something went right. Something was wrong. But right. I'm like, this game is just too big. Like, I have to at least like go out there and just see how it feels. But like, my neck was killing me. So you, you see, you see what you see what Andrew Luck is going through, obviously, mm-hmm. right now, and, yeah. and him electing to obviously retire early mm-hmm. uh, at the quarterback position. Yeah. So how much did it bring out any demons? Did it did it bring back any memories of what you were going through at that point in time? Seeing mm-hmm. not only a guy who's about to make so much damn money forfeit that money, but but ultimately crying at the podium and, and yeah. being a former football player, I, I yeah. understand. I, yeah. I'm not mad at him for, for making that decision, but but getting booed walking off yeah. of a football field by a fan base who he's mm-hmm. brought so much joy to, mm-hmm. how, how does that settle with you, a guy who you can't play football anymore yeah. unless you're risking paralysis. Like, that's just, it's, yeah, that's it. it. It's like, you're either going to end up in a wheelchair, like, but, but, the, but, but the mutiny behind it all in the in in the swarm of of the people, if you want to do the gladiator thing, uh, win the mob, and then you win your freedom, mm-hmm. like like convincing that the mob that that no, I'm I'm not into getting paralyzed, man. Like yeah. I got so much left in my life. So yeah. now that the decision is ultimately made for you, what do you say to the fans out there that that are booing Andrew Luck and his decision to choose his health and and his life over? pleasing the odd 60 grand every weekend um 
I mean, when I when I saw that he got you, you moved, had to have cried because I'm reading the story mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm damn near like I'm almost crying for yeah. you because getting something taken away from you the way that it was for mm-hmm. you is is unimaginable. There's one thing to get cut. There's one yeah. thing to be pushed out of a exactly. game, um, and and to be projected the way they like yeah. like you were going to be the best freaking wide receiver the University of Miami has probably had since Andre Johnson. To be perfectly honest, like that that's the way that I looked at it, and that's. That's over a decade of football being yeah. played at the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. You could be the next guy that's going to be lighting up Sundays and, and, just, and just told all of a sudden, this is your situation, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's either life or football. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, right? Like, did, did you have a moment with the fam? Like, wh- who was the first person you called when, when they – or did you already have your fam yeah, down? I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even call my dad. Like, I was so, like – like, how did, how did you do- take it? I'm in the doctor's office. Who is it? Like the, the, the head trainer or the, no, the doctor? The, the neck doctor, Eisman. Okay. I'm in his office and because obviously I've seen him before. Right. You know, but I was cleared to play, you know, so I went back. So we kind of already knew like the situation. Something was something but, right. You know, like when as soon as he told me, like he was like, you want to tell your parents? And I'm like, I literally couldn't. Like I couldn't even talk. Like I was just like. Speechless. Like, I will not be the one to like crush my parents' heart. Cause I know they know this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, well, obviously not the rest of my life, but yeah, you know, man. I want to play in the NFL. I want to play football. Dream, know? dream since you yeah, were a kid. So, and I know how they were gonna take it. So I was like, like I couldn't tell them, but ultimately, like he literally called them off my phone and he told him, and like, like my dad, like I haven't heard my dad cry like probably ever. Like it never crushed like, he, him. He doesn't cry. Like he's like the tough, like old school Jamaican dad. Like he don't. He don't like, you know what I'm saying? He don't really show emotion. Right. You know, he's always, you know, tight. Right. And then like he started crying. Like I was just like That broke you, know, you down for sure. Yeah, like I was like, there is like There's nothing like saying? seeing a, a, your old man cry or like yeah, a, a grown yeah, man it's cry. Like it, you know, it's like Yeah. You know, so it was just like that kind of like that hit different, you know. Were you so, still in the doctor's office when when uh when this went down? Yeah. Like soon as he hung up the phone, like like that was like an issue. But I was clear to play, but my dad always was he was like, skeptical about it. Yeah, he was like, mm, you know, like, especially nowadays, man, with all the you know, you know the, the injuries and the, because again, this is not the first time that this happened at the University of Miami. We had yeah. we had Malik Young. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with a guy who Everett, but who ended up obviously mm-hmm. going to the Bills and having the same mm-hmm. type of thing happen. But he ended up getting paralyzed on yeah. the field. Um, but yeah, this isn't the first time that this has happened at the University of Miami. So. Um, so you're, you're talking to your mom, you're talking to your dad, phone hangs up, yeah. you leave the doctor's office. Yeah. Were you, you were just by yourself, driving no, by yourself? Yeah. No, I was with the, uh, the trainer. Uh, they yeah. brought you over there? Yeah, they brought me over. So you go back to the facility or where do you go? Yeah, it was like nighttime. It was like late night. Like it happened like, it was like on a, I can't remember what day it was. It was like nighttime though. So after like I go, and actually matter of fact, Banda was the first person I told, Coach Banda. Cause he's a cool dude, man. He was like leaving a facility and then he saw me and like, he just, first he thought it was kind of like, just like, you know, like, you know, you're upset, you know, he didn't, you didn't play in the game that much, you know, but he, did, he didn't realize. And then I told him, like, I was like, yeah, like I can't play like again, like my neck was like hurting like a lot. And doctors like, later he was like, if I told you you can't play ever again, like, is that how we explain it? You go through, yeah. So you're yeah. sitting down, the results come in, the doctor yeah. sits down in front of you. He was just like, yeah, like, you know, you see, you can see a little deterioration, but he was just like, but like you playing with that thing, your neck, you know, like, 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 obviously he's a fan, like he knows, like, 
you know, I he knows the situation. He's just like, I have to be a professional, you know, at this point, you know, and he's like, like, I don't know if I could let you play, you know, of course, it's like, like, I had to read, like, I couldn't be like delusional, you know, in that moment, I was just like, like, you're right, you know, like, you have my best interests, you know, and for me to go out there and play after you told me, like, what could happen to me, I would be stupid to just go out there and just not listen to what you just told me. So how far, like, what, what were they saying? Were they saying, like, you're one hit away? Or what's the... Yeah, like, what? I could, like, get hit and, like, it won't be like, oh, like... It know, ain't a stinger. Like, it'd be like, you either gonna break your neck or, you like, you can literally, like, be paralyzed. Like, So there, there was no gray area. It, it was, wasn't like a gray area. Right. You know, it was like, like, you either gonna, you can be paralyzed or you can break your neck on the field. So, so you, know, you just... So you're sitting there, yeah. probably numb after yeah. hearing that news. Mm-hmm. You just heard your dad ultimately break down on the phone. Yeah. Your mom broke down. Your brother's breaking down. You leave the facility with a, with a is it a student trainer, my guess? Yeah, Some no, guy that's just driving you over there? It was like. Um, or was it one of the head guys? It was like one of the head guys. And, and it was like a, another assistant that was like helping me recover, like come back like from my like knee injury. And Doing stuff. your rehabbing. Yeah. So right. he was there also, but. They ultimately told them to leave, like the doctor told him to leave the room, you know, because yeah. he kind of knew the situation. Patient privilege had, right now. You know, so, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty wild, man. Pretty. So wild. we're not even a year removed from hearing that news, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah. That's we're, an October. That's an October yeah, thing. October. You got everyone found out. Man. Yeah. So, was, so is there, do you... Do you feel, tell me how you feel about Andrew Luck making the decision to not want to play with pain anymore, Mm -hmm. because now I'm looking at it in a different way. You were told you can't, basically. Um, Do you wish that you had the option to have playing with pain now and, and still have the ability to play football? Or do you look at this as a possible blessing in disguise, kind of looking at the Andrew Luck situation? Um, Granted, like, you don't have the millions in the bank that Andrew yeah, Luck has, but yeah, but I, I feel like it was a blessing in the skies, you know, because at the end of the day, like we're playing a game, you right? Know? So I feel like, like, I was saved for myself because I know if it was up to me, you know, like I'm gonna go out there and you know play, you right? Know? But I feel like, like that's why it's not up to me, you know. That's why it's not, you know. So I feel like I got saved for myself because I feel like a something worse would have happened. happened. Like, I know, I feel like it would have happened. Based on, like, how I play and I like to be aggressive. You're like, certain. I, just, I know for a fact, like, I would have ended up, like, being paralyzed. And I can, I can, like... Because I read something that you were actually, you said that you're very thankful for the UM mm-hmm. staff with mm-hmm. their, you know, being tedious and, and relentless yeah. and trying to figure out what was wrong. Yeah. Um, I've always heard players, you know, thank training staffs before. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it's just, it's kind of taking everything with a grain of salt. So... Yeah hearing you really thank the training staff, you, you meant it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know like, like once I, once, when I told Vinny, like what I was feeling, like the head he, trainer, yeah, he UM, immediately, yeah. like literally we went to another trainer's house, like probably like 30 to min- 30 minutes, an hour. Like after it was like on a Sunday, we went to like his house, you know, and like, we were just talking about it, you know, and they're kind of like, they knew something was like wrong, you know? Cause like, just how I was like playing, and you know, just like it wasn't myself, you know, because like I like I just didn't feel right, you know, like I was in pain, 
like constantly, you know, so they, they kind of knew something was up, but they didn't know what, cause I didn't say nothing, you know? So when I told him, you know, we, then we got, went back to the neck doctor. Then he sent like, you know, we took more like more 3d imagery. Yeah, I imagine images, probably more looking stuff. at your nerves, sending them to like, like other doctors around the U S and stuff. And then they pretty much came to the conclusion, like they all had the same opinion. Yeah. So, so you were getting a bunch of, you were getting, yeah, it wasn't like, I guess you person. could say, it yeah, like, no, it was like multiple opinions, like into one. So, man, so, yeah. I, 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 I honestly, I don't know what, I don't know what I would do mm-hmm. if, um, if something that I had so much passion for and a dream to have growing up was just one day to the next taken away from mm-hmm. me. And, and, and the, and the way that you've handled it obviously yeah. is, is is remarkable um i know there's bigger and better things for you to come mm-hmm. what uh so what's what's next for amon richards what what's your plan what's your situation um still under scholarship yeah yeah so obviously i want to graduate get my degree it's in media management but the main thing i want to do is like start my own sports agency because obviously being like athlete and like with the whole like agents and all this drafts and all this stuff right. and how people like are always there and then like for my case all right so i go from you know obviously people like oh first round this that mm-hmm. agents literally calling me every single day you know and, like i'm in class phone ringing rosenhaus so, trying to blow you up yeah, till, and then, <laughs> but this is a crazy part and this is why i like look at like people in like the world a different way like i go from that then i'm hurt you know like to just no calls. Phone or dead. <laughs> you don't hear nothing from nobody. Right. You know? Only like a few like agencies like, you know, stay like kind of still like they contact me and stuff like that. So but other than that, you you, you kind of see like what people are there for. Of and course. I kinda wanna Parasites. Yeah. To be like the opposite of what those agencies are, you know, and really be there for people, whether you're the first overall pick or right. seventh round pick or undrafted free agent, you know, like I'll be the same, you know, and treat those people the same. I think, I think that business plan and that business model will go far because my second round with my agent, first agent I had was Rosenhaus. Second agent I had was a guy by the name of Gene Motto. He's primarily a baseball agent, but, mm-hmm. um, he's got me, Ed Reed, Edrin James, and, uh, I think Bubba Franks was the other one. He had originally mm-hmm. Sean Taylor too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but just, genuinely concerned about you as a person Mm -hmm. and and your family and Mm -hmm. and you making the right decision like hell to this day ej and ed reed still contact gene all the time about Mm -hmm. you know certain business deals or whatever it might be just Mm -hmm. to get his advice because it's a non-biased opinion and Mm -hmm. and that genuine concern for for your player is Mm -hmm. is going to go a long long way and and again you still have obviously all your contacts over at the school and and Mm -hmm. the facility and all your teammates and former teammates so you talked a little bit about Kaya. You talked about Malik. Mm-hmm. A good friend of ours is, is Braxton Berrios. Yeah, so, so tell me your thoughts on, on Berrios and obviously winning a Super Bowl ring first round. Mm-hmm. First round shot, I guess yeah. you could say, at the NFL. Yeah. Tell me, man. T- what, I mean, like, what ha- like, were you happy for him? Were you excited <laughs> for him? Was it like, damn, man, this kid... <laughs> Because he's a hard worker, mm-hmm. and oh, I, and yeah. I said I said you know it couldn't happen to a better guy, mm-hmm. uh, because he's been practicing like a champion now mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. Um, so you know rewards, God rewards those who uh, who obviously put up and and do and do amazing things mm-hmm. day in and day out. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean 
I mean, Bryce like like that good luck. You know, he has that good luck. <laughs> Does he always? Is he that type of guy that like yeah, he'll just find money on the ground kind yeah, of guy? I mean, you see the year he actually was playing. Like you know, we went you know undefeated. We we're ranked number two. You know all this good stuff. You know, I mean, you tell me. You know, <laughs> he's like the he's like the Tim Tebow of, yeah, of the University know, of Miami, for lack of a better term. That's yeah, crazy. He's so he's living right, obviously. Yeah, Brax yeah, is living right. right. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. You know, he does the right things. You know, on and off the field. Obviously, with school, you know, I mean, he's just someone that you could like admire and look up to, you know. Man, yeah, I'm I'm looking at that. So, so staying on the religious, I guess you could say thing. Are you are you that religious at all, or are you yeah. just? Um, I mean, I believe in God, but you're not going to church I don't, every I don't Sunday. Go to church every Sunday because I feel like I mean, there's a lot of people who go to church every Sunday and still live wrong. So of it's course, like, you know, I feel like if you truly believe, you know, and try and live by the the right things that. Yeah, you that's the way I feel too. Like I'm, I'm a Catholic. Um, you know, my wife tries to drag me to mass all the time, but mm-hmm. but you know, you see dudes that are in the street or girls that are in the street yeah. throughout the week, and then all of a sudden they think it's okay to go in there, throw a couple hail marys up there, mm-hmm. and they're they're okay and in good there, to go. Yeah. So yeah, like so that. how different was it then? Because did you all you know was Rick? Was Rick the only one that you knew, or was were you there for the last year of uh, of Golden? Um, no, I was. Rick was the first. Like Rick I was, was first. Got class. it. Yeah, got but it. So Golden was recruiting me also. So how was, because from what I knew, Miami was never as religious as it was as when Mark Rick showed up. Because Mark Rick is a very, very religious man. Yeah. How was that received when Rick showed up and it's just, you know, you guys are praying after yeah. everything and, yeah. and doing all that stuff. How was yeah. that received by the team? Um, it, was, it was good. You know, everyone was like, okay, like, you know, change, I could change my life and, you know, make me feel better. Was he always trying to do that, though? Was he always trying to to grab you as a man and and, and kind of, you know, push you uh, to live right? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't forced, but, like, it was there for the taking if you wanted it, you know? So, but we all respected that. I think that's why everyone on the team kind of respected him, you know? Because, I mean, not a lot of coaches do that. It's more like, do this play and then that's it, like, you know? But he was, like, more caring for who you are as a person. So were you were you sad ultimately when you got the news that Mark Rick was uh, was bouncing? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, whether we're really good, really bad, I mean, we know like he was a good guy, he's a good man. Yeah. Day, so it was like, like, dang, like you know, that was a good guy. You know, we had. You don't know who the next coach is going to be. You know, right? Yeah, there was so like there was like, like a week dang, right there that like, you knew. You know, obviously we wanted like you wanted some changes to happen, but you know, not that kind of change. Right. You know, so it's like, but. Then Diaz was hired. Then it was like, oh, okay. everything was cool. Yeah, it was like even oh, you man. not playing anymore. You knew right away. You were like, yeah, yeah, yeah this I knew, is like right away because we'd be like, who were playing? Like my freshman year, we're losing to like, um, was it Duke at home? I can't remember. We were losing to some team at home, and like Diaz came in and like broke like the the whiteboard. Like you know, halftime. Like what do you like? Like he was up. losing it on you guys. Yeah, he, he was snapping on offense, deep everyone. Like he just lost it, you know. And right then, everyone was just like, "Damn, okay." Like, and everyone yeah, out there went, and play better. You cross that line. You cross that I defensive think it was line. North Carolina at home. I think it was, it was against UNC. Yeah. Was it when the when, was it when think, Buddy put think, the U over his yeah, crotch I think, or I no? Think we lost. No, no, it was the home game oh, with okay. Trubisky. I oh, think okay. we lost, but ultimately he came out and we came out playing a little better, you know. And it was just like that. Everyone kind of looked at him in a different. I mean, all, everyone always looked at him because he has a different kind of energy to him, right? So, but when he would come in at halftime and like to the offense, like you know, like like come on, you guys are great, like you know, we like we play for the U, like you know what I'm saying, like everyone's like, right, like like what are we doing, like 
why are we losing to North Carolina right now? Correct. You know? like, Correct. Kind of like you look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. What? Uh, let's get into a little bit about the Florida Gator game. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, what, what? What's your thoughts moving forward here? Were you? Were you excited about some of the things you saw? Were you like, holy shit, our offensive line is horrible? Or were you one of those guys that mm-hmm. you kind of know who we're dealing with at the O-line at this point in time uh-huh. or no? Um, I mean, I haven't I haven't really been around like practice and stuff, so I really didn't know. like What to expect. Yeah, what to expect. And I just know we had a freshman left tackle and I was starting, you know, and a bunch of young guys up, you know, up front. But I was also, I was excited but disappointed because – I know, like, I feel like we lost the game. Mm-hmm. Florida didn't beat us. We literally shot ourselves in the foot just so many times, and we had so many opportunities to, like, I just, I like, I just look at it for just when I would play. Like, I see certain points in a game where that play needs made, mm-hmm. and it was like being missed. You know what? What particular plays were you talking about? Like, like. I know there was plenty of times where either where KJ like, was crossing over the middle mm-hmm. or or Jeff was wide open mm-hmm. or the back and the flat was open mm-hmm. that we missed yeah. on that. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. see that kind of yeah. thing, you know? Um, like, even, for instance, when Romeo had the interception, mm-hmm. it could have easily been six, mm-hmm. you know? But if you look, like my guy Shaq, he turned around and went to make a block behind. Correct. But I don't, you know, it happened already, but let's say he doesn't turn around or... You know, or someone else makes ta- just puts a hat on the guy that made the tackle. Right, it's probably the game. It's probably the momentum. Just it's probably over. You know, we probably end up winning. Or you know, we if let's say Jaron he throws the ball a few times rather than take some sacks, maybe that it, it don't put us in. I don't know, second and seventeen. We're at second and ten. You know, and we throw a screen at DJ, he gets tackled. You know what I'm saying? There's of course. a lot of things that could have went different. That, that's know? what I was th- like, because you're looking every time they were making a big deal about the University of Florida and how they were, you know, 100% on their fourth down conversions. But their mm-hmm. fourth down conversion was only a yard or two. Yeah. Ours it's was hard. like, ours was a cab ride, man. Yeah. Like we were third and 12, third mm-hmm. and nine, third and 13. Like we were, mm-hmm. and people don't understand that the playbook shrinks so much mm-hmm. when you get into those situations and they're mad mm-hmm. at like Dan Enos for having horrible play calling and all mm-hmm. that other shit, but yeah. they don't realize that there's only certain plays that you could really ultimately yeah. call in certain yeah. situations. You know, it, it, it's tough to watch. Yeah. And I'm like you, I break shit down mm-hmm. really yeah. like I can't sit and watch a football game. Can you sit and watch a football game and enjoy it? Or are no, you one of those no, people no, that I'm critique like, the hell out of it? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like analyzing. I'm like, I'm just looking at like things like, okay, when, when Bubba mixed, missed the the field goal, yep. I literally was like, dad's going to come back to Honda. Oh yeah. Immediately. Was, I can't remember what it was like second quarter. Or something. I can't. Remember. Yeah. It was a chip but shot. I was literally like, I told him, like, I was watching at, like, a Hurricane fan house. Actually, he stays in my apartment. I was at his house. I'm like, that field goal is going to come back to oh, us. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, like, you know, we're, we're like, it's still in game. It's not that different. I'm like, That okay. takes so much wind out of a mm-hmm. sail. Like, regardless, I've always had the biggest problem with kickers. Everybody knows I, I can't stand kickers. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's Matt Bosher, who's with the Falcons. <laughs> I don't care if it was uh, Andy Crossland or, or even Todd Severs, the kicker that we had in Miami. You would bust your ass as an offense – for the most part, especially nowadays, and, and grind out a nine-play drive, an eight-play drive, mm-hmm. work your ass off, come to the sideline, not being able to convert, and you're putting that kicker on the 15 or the 18, and all of a sudden, the shit that he's been doing all week long with a baseball hat on, yeah. playing cards, hanging out, living the, the scholarship life, you have <laughs> one job, man. 
put the ball between the yellow sticks and, and they just go out there and flub it. Mm-hmm. And I was looking too, watching the replay, making sure it wasn't a bad hold, a bad mm-hmm. snap. That yeah. shit, he just flat out kicked it mm-hmm. straight up in front of him, mm-hmm. straight up in front of him on the right hash and pushed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not a big fan of kickers. Do you, you know Bubba personally? Um, yeah, a little bit. Not yeah. enough to call him a friend though. I mean, we're cool, you know. I okay, mean, you know. Okay, because I'm, I'm my friendship is gone after that. <laughs> you just you just kicked that fucking friendship right out the door right after that. I play. mean, he almost made up for it. He almost scored on the fake field yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah, he did. But somehow it was a flag, you know, or Cam Cam Harris. Yeah, uh, he gets to like the one yard line and it's oh, it's a flag, you know. How how do you see the guys in terms of um, the discipline right now? Because I know that's one of the mm-hmm. things you talked about that in your own wide receiver room back yeah. in the day when you guys were decorated as hell with all these mm-hmm. wide receivers. Guys just not fine-tuning. What yeah. do you think, now that you removed from the game, what do you think that they can do? Or what do you think, what's your suggestions? Because coming from an old head like me, it, it's one thing to me sit here and pump my fist about the early 2000s. But coming from a guy that was just in the locker room mm-hmm. last year, you have to see things now from the outside that's like, damn, man, it's mm-hmm. simple. You just have to do this. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard because, like, I was, I don't know. I was just brought up a whole, like, a, just a different way, you know? Like, I'm going to listen to what the person tell me. I mean, some people just don't, they can't take, like, authority, you know? So, I mean, do you think that, okay, you're probably, some people got to pr- swallow pride, you know? That's, just, that's what, like, you're part of this generation. So, mm-hmm. are you, uh, are you the type of guy that if you get reamed, if you get yelled at, your feelings get hurt, you go into a shell, you're a little bit sensitive? Like, I'm talking mm-hmm. about the the entitlement generation, the generation yeah. that everybody gets a trophy, the the, the sensitive generation. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, clearly, from listening to you talk earlier, yeah. it's like water off a duck's back. You don't yeah. get phased by it because yeah, no, you're a self-motivated man. Yeah. But is there guys in that locker room that just are going to go into a shell and you have to be conservative about the way you talk to them yeah. and ultimately almost like a psychiatrist when you're dealing mm-hmm. with some of these young men? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like, you know that there's a guy in your room that you can't get on. Yeah. Like, to, yeah. to be perfectly so, honest, like, yeah. like there was a guy, Ken Dorsey, mm-hmm. we couldn't say shit about Ken Dorsey. So yeah. I'll tell you a little story. So we're on, we're on the bus getting ready to go over to the hotel and uh, Friday night and, uh, and I would sit in the back by the toilet on, on the buses. So it's like the three-seat three spot in the back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was known to make up songs. Yeah. So whether it was like, you know, Jared Payton rapping or Big Mac rapping or whoever it was in the back, we would, we would make up songs and I would start singing and doing all that shit. And normally it was about like either your sister, your mom, or your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And that's where these songs kind of went. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Kenny, who was my roommate, Ken from the very front of the bus turns around and starts singing a verse to a song and trying to clap on me you know what i mean i was just like whoa so everybody's like giggling and laughing and i was like oh shit you want to get in this game you you want to be part of this game yeah so then his girlfriend at the time and now it's his wife and the mother of his kids so i can't say too much about her Mm -hmm. but uh but i was like okay you want you want to open that door it's go time so i said something and that was it kenny never talked to me for like two weeks coaches are yelling at me offensive coordinators are like why the hell did you say anything to him like kenny legitimately was in the huddle wouldn't even look at me upset like (laughs) shell shock that i brought him up yeah. and his girl up it was it was it was funny as hell yeah. but there's just certain dudes you can't play with yeah that's it's, you know um but that's that comes down to the leader of the room you know because as a leader of the room i kind of just learned about this in one of my classes like two days ago you know you leader, took a leadership class yeah so the leader actually you know they can they understand like that 
everyone's different you know you how to handle certain people some people you can like mold and like mm. and then some people you have to like explain it to them and you know be a little more softer right you know suavecito you got to be nicer with them yeah um well, i don't really like that though i like i like getting it like raw like yeah like if you know hard that, feelings because like, my that's all i know my dad just that's how he was since i was little like i'll be literally i'll like have like a 75 yard touchdown run and you know a good game or whatever and in the car, he's yeah. I mean, like you did this wrong, this that that. So that's like I never was like the one to kind of celebrate. Like, ooh, like yeah. It was like one more time. How, how you do it like, again? Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's like I rather like know what I did wrong so I can try and get better because I know I did something. Clearly, you did the other things right. The other thing, yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. The positive criticism yeah. for the most part. And oh. does your old man got an accent still or no? Mm, it's kind of faded, but when he gets mad, it comes up. Yeah. yeah when he gets mad, how long has he been? How long has he been over here? Um, the majority I mean, he came over here when he was like five, six. So, but. What about yeah. mom? Mom Jamaican too? No, no. My mom's is. Local? Like, yeah. Cool. So, and then what, what's up with little brother? Like, do we got yeah. like another cane coming through? Is he, is he old enough yet or no? What's his deal? No, no, no. He's at Auburn actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, he went to Auburn. You know, I, I kind of stayed out the way you know is he is he playing over there or is he is he just student over there no no he's playing yeah like whole recruiting all that <laughs> no way yeah, how old is he is he freshman so what is he freshman he just got there he just got there yeah, was, is he a baller too or no what's yeah, his deal yeah he's legit yeah he's legit he's real yeah he's a running back though he's not a receiver he's a running back well how big is he like six one and a half like two something Fast, you know, got them feet play. too. He's naturally big. He's yoked. Yeah, he takes after like my my grandfather. So like my grandfather, he's like was naturally just like Jack, like out of Kennedy, just like Jack, you know. And he just takes right after him, like literally. So like we got to watch. Is he gonna play or is he gonna redshirt this year? Um, this year he's not. He's not gonna play. He had like some like like old stuff like in his knee from like high school or something. So they like clean cleaned him out, out. You know so. But is, is he going to be a name that we're going to be hearing about? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he's like not even to quit. Like really? Like, yeah, like we're like gonna, not not like not like you're not partial because he's, he's yeah. No, blood, I'm not but. even like saying it because like oh like you know he's my brother, but like it's just like he has just like natural. You know, he's just like a natural like like athlete. You know, so. got it. And does he have passion for the game or what? Yeah, yeah. It's not like as like vocal and you know what I'm saying. Right. But he he's a like, silent leader. Yeah. He's like you, basically. Yeah, except I'll lead by example and show you, but like if it gets to the point, I'll tell you also, you know. <laughs> he won't. Yeah, he won't. What, uh, was he Was he deterred to continue playing football when he, when you got your news? Or was it one of those things where mm -hmm. it, um, it's not going to happen to me, I'm yeah, just going to go uh, do my business? I think so. Like, I think a little Did bit. Did it scare him a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. You know, because it's like, and how, your mom and dad, I'm, like, there's no way that they can mm -hmm. go through through this again. So, did they have anything to say to him? Um, I mean, it's hard because like you don't want to like talk it and make it happen. So it's kind of like you don't want to like speak it into existence. Almost, right. you kind of want to like it's like that fine line. It's like it's hard, you know, because he knows. Like obviously, I just went through this whole situation of playing all these years, and then it's gone. You know, so. He saw like how that affected me, so obviously he wants to like play for me, but like I don't want that to be the reason he plays, you know. Got it. Like I want him to genuinely want to play and want to love the game, you know. So is your first is your first client going to be your brother? Um, 
I mean, it depends on how how fast it starts. Is he gonna interview you? Is he gonna put you through the interview and everything? Ride you not. out? I hope not. You know, but <laughs> if he wants to, he could. You know, I, I like to I like to be even killed with everybody. Yeah, so whether my brother, anyone, you know, I'm gonna try and do the same. Have, have you spoken to any agencies or as yeah. like doing like an intern thing or um, yeah, seeing I mean, how the business works? Yeah, I talk to like Rock Nation a lot. They uh they kind of who hooked you up with Rock Nation? I mean, one of my friends. Like from like West Palm, his brother works with Rock Nation. Oh, okay. So that's how I like know them, and you know, like Kim and like Michael and cool stuff like that. So yeah, that's, so, yeah. that's, then, that's a pretty badass. Like, like the local agents, like you know, like first round management. I know them a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you know, there's like the two agents who's like you know they kind of have always have reached out and yeah, they always like stay there, you know, trying to make sure I'm all right, you know, stuff like that. So. Like, whether it's, like, you know, how you feeling, you all right, you know, something that a lot of agents don't do. Right. You know. The good <laughs> just, part of the business that, that, that you want yeah. to, you know, compound on. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, I, I certainly did. I, I've never actually sit down. I don't think I've ever even met you before, to no. be perfectly <laughs> honest. So, I... Uh, I loved hearing the story, man. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Mm -hmm. I even got emotional at one point in time when you were talking about the old man breaking down because yeah. I know how that goes, bro. Yeah. I, I know how that goes. So yeah. um, nothing but big things to come from Amon Richards. You're obviously going to hear about his brother here in the upcoming years at Auburn. Hopefully we can get him in a transfer portal down here hopefully someday soon. But uh, but it sounds like he's got his uh, he's got his own thing rolling up there in that beautiful, beautiful campus. Yeah, I don't know. Have you nice. ever been up there? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I mean... I mean, almost went there, you know. Oh, like, for real? That was a possibility. <laughs> it was them, Bama, and Miami, you know, because Auburn has like a really nice campus, and it's like a, it's like a little like a home feeling, you know. It's kind of weird. You know? It is, it is, and that, that Clemson has the same type of yeah, feel. It's, it's kind of like yeah, a little man. Clemson vibe. It's like beautiful, kind of like. I'll, I'll never forget going up there to, to a tailgate and stuff, and I'm walking mm -hmm. through the tailgates, and it's like all SUVs with. 42 inch televisions in the back mm -hmm. of them and just super cordial very nice polite fan mm -hmm. bases everything is grassed it's yeah. really really nice it, it, yeah. it was beautiful not like not like you got like the guys with the with the giant pigs in the boxes and the, mm -hmm. in the in the hard rock tailgate and getting wasted mm -hmm. and solo d out there putting out new songs and stuff shout out to solo d yeah. uh but uh but yeah man I, I really enjoyed sitting down with you and talking with you and learning a lot about you um, and, and again, there's, it sounds like you got a great head on your shoulders and you're going to do some really, really good things. And hopefully rock nation goes ahead and just realizes what they got in their hands right now. So, um, I mean, I could like work for them, but like, I don't want to like ever like work for anyone. You want to be, oh, of course you want to yeah, be your own entrepreneur. Like, yeah. Yeah. But you got to learn the business I, it, from somebody it, it, it's though. It's there. So like. Like I could just like move there, like to New York, and like really the offer is there. Yeah, it's there. Like I could move there and work with them, but it's like I kind of wanna. I wanna learn the game from like a. I may have to just swallow that pride and just just go take it. You just know, do and learn it. the game. Yeah, man. For a you year know, or two, so, it. You know, trust me, that year or two is gonna fly by. I know right now you're young and stuff, mm -hmm. and and you don't you, you don't want to waste any time. But mm -hmm. the year or two of 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 shadowing or finding out about the business yeah. is going to pay off in ridiculous amounts later on in life. So yeah. um, that yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to first round management. Yeah, shout out to those guys. That's uh, it. That's, all I <laughs> that's all you got for me. Okay, I hear you. Um, and then again, at the end of the day. Uh, the sky's the limit for you and wishing you all the best. And, and in terms of your education, 
Um, what's the situation? What's the plan right now? Yeah, so I'm about to graduate. I've taken my, taken my last five classes. I actually got to apply to graduate in a month. So I graduate December. Are they going to... When is your scholarship going to be officially over with? By the time... Yeah, December. In December? Yeah. Like, where they pay for, like, you get, like, a stipend and like, right. all that stuff. Well, they won't take care of, like, a possible... Because I basically, I graduated early in, like, mm -hmm. three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then I, I redshirted my sophomore year. So yeah. my fifth year, I got my master's. I ended up going yeah. on and doing my master's program. Yeah. Is that an option for you? Or are you already, um, are you already ready to move on? I mean, I, I, I've thought about it. Like, I could, like, you know, just come back. You know, because some other stuff happening. So okay. I could just come back and just like get like my, like work towards a master's degree. I'm sure Rock Nation, I don't know, maybe first round management might want to go ahead and set something up for you and hey, take man, care of that. You know, know what I mean? You know, but who knows? Like, can't and, really speak on the, some other stuff. Of but, course. Of course. No, man. You can't, you can't, you can't let everybody know what's going on. Yeah, there's some other stuff just going on, like school wise and all that. So that's why I'm kind of at a distance. Got know? it. So, but it's, once it's all taken care of, you know, I can speak a lot more. Are you two two more questions? Mm -hmm. Are you um, are you emotionally stable enough to hang out with the guys still? And does the stories that they tell about what's been going on alienate you at all? Um, and do you still hang out with any of them? Yeah, uh, probably. If you ask me this, like. Probably a couple months ago, probably been like no. When football's about like, to start up, because you got that, you got that feeling on your body. Yeah, I was depressed. Right. Like I like didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to do anything football related. Like I didn't want to talk about football. Like, like if, I mean, I was hard to play the video game. You know, right? Just, so it's like, but I'm at a different point now. Like I'm at a. I think I, like I kind of like you've I'm, gotten over the I'm hump. Kinda, yeah, I'm like over you still the have hump. your dark days. Yeah, like I'm like in a different. I'm in a better place than I was a couple months ago. You know. So, I think, yeah, I say I'm in a better place right now, and um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm more like I'm. I go to the locker room here, and then I just like more than I've ever done, you know. And since the injury happened, you know, I'm kind of like kind of gim back in the loop. Obviously, I've always been friends with the guys, and you know, I pop up here and there, but I'm popping up more frequent, like frequently, you know. And when was the last time you caught a football or ran a route? Um, like, probably, I mean, I, I was training, like, a kid from, like, um, Savannah State. He was, like, a receiver from, like, Palm Beach. That's probably the time, like, I've touched a football. But before that, like, it was, like, probably, like, the bowl game, maybe, when I went to the bowl game. Really? Yeah, that's probably the last time. Like, I didn't want nothing to do. Like, I didn't even want to touch it because I was just, like, like, people ask me, like, oh, can you train me? And I'm just, like, like I really don't want to, like. Yeah, because they don't see it. They, I just don't want to mentally get back in right. that, like, place because, like, you know what I'm saying? I just want to, once I get myself together, then, you know, I'm, like, once I accept that, like, that I'm not ever playing again, then it's, like, okay, like. So, you still haven't accepted it. It's still it's still that demon that yeah, you fight with. Yeah, it's still, like, there, you know. I'm, like, dang, like, I really can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really can't play, you know. Like, again, you know, it's like, you know it, but it's like, when are you going to accept it and, like, really move forward? Like everyone says, like, yeah, I move forward in this, but those thoughts still are there. You know, of course. Once that, those thoughts are gone and it's just like, you know. So do you, do you watch these games and, and say, oh, right there, I would have done this. Oh, right there, I would have done that. <laughs> just the, uh, 
on the um the last game. The Gator game, yeah. Like I was watching, I'm like, yeah, I would have probably made some shake just then. Right you there. or you would have housed them for I sure. I would have probably, I would have probably like, you know, I would probably done something. You'd have done some damage. Yeah, yeah. I would have cut back here. I would have tried to do this, you know. So that's crazy, man. You know? That's awesome. Not well, saying it would have happened like that, but right? That's like my thought. Like, damn, of course, right there, I would have, I would have, I would have cut back right there. I got it came out of spun on him, you know. To that point, huh? It's still like yeah. that. Man. Well, that's uh, that's your boy, Amon Richards, man. Probably the greatest wide receiver to come out of the University of Miami in, and I would probably say, 15 years, to be perfectly honest. So uh, so that, that's what you got right there. Wellington Heights' own. I don't know why I keep saying Heights. Maybe <laughs> It's just Wellington High School. But yeah. uh, I think it's like Jackson Heights mm-hmm. coming to America. Okay. Randy Watson. I think that's why I keep doing that. Right. But uh, <laughs> But yeah, Amar Richards, thank you so much for coming in and being on the Out the Huddle podcast. Looking for big things coming from you mm-hmm. and uh, and in the community as well. So uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. No problem, man. I appreciate you having me.